Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Gonna take it. Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome in another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast and Bob, I, I think we've been ahead of the curve on a certain uh, guy named Jason Tatum. I, I know, listen, we've talked a lot about him this year, and people are probably a little bit tired of it. I, I think now we can talk about him, and uh, we don't have to worry about it because he has looked like one of the top probably five players in the NBA over the past month. Let me read you some numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the last 11 games in February, he's averaging 30.5 points a game while shooting 51% from the field. And what makes that even more impressive, he's shooting 50% from three. And uh, this is a kid I've touted for a long time. Uh, But now I ask you the question, Bob. Who would you take over Jason Tatum right now? If you're starting a team, and and again, you're not starting a team with 35-year-old LeBron uh, or or 31-year-old banged-up KD, who are you taking over Jason Tatum today if you're picking a team? Okay, obviously Giannis. We start with Giannis. Yes. I have to go AD. I have to go, I think, stuff to take him. Kawhi, how can you not say he's at his age? He's not he's 28 years old, right? 28. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you you're starting tonight, you're gonna to get three or four or five, who knows how many good years out of the most amazing not amazing, the most solid all around player left in basketball. And then all right, here's a here's a good one. Doncic. I, you know, but given his his capability as a as a passer as well as a scorer, uh, and now I'm going. Uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, you know, the big guys. Embiid is a, you know, you want to mess around with yeah, him. Yeah, well, well, he's injured all the time. He's yeah. injured all the time. Bob. You you almost can't go with Joel, right? You can't go with Ben Simmons because he can't shoot. No. So who? Where are we going now? I don't know. I think the answer. I think that's pretty much the answer, right? I got one more for you that I think will be debatable. I haven't thought it all out. Go ahead. Zion Williamson. Oh, wow. Well, that is that is an interesting wild card in this particular discussion, isn't it? It, it really, is. I hadn't even considered him in that regard. Uh, but we're going to – I guess we'll have plenty of reason to talk about it. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm not sure – yeah, what, what, what the outcome is going to be, how, the, uh, how exactly they're going to 
figure out how to best utilize all that Zion can do. That's going to be interesting to see how to, you know, what 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 the, that scope of that range and breadth of possibilities are. But, but that's a good one. That's a good one. But Tatum, and it's interesting, uh, Jeff. Uh, we, we did hit upon this uh, another time. Uh, he started this upward swing. I, I, I'm going to refrain from using the the uh, you know raising his game to another level nonsense. He started this upward swing when he was named to the All Star team. He had already established that he was an all-star this year, without question. But he needed that validation. Apparently, he needed he, that validation inspired him. Yes. Oh, really? I guess I And it's since then that it really backdate. I mean, not the, the 30-point thing is, a, but but he's been started playing really, really well in a few games between the naming and the all-star game and the all-star. And then since the all-star game, it's lights out. It's the numbers that you're describing and, and more. Um, and but the package, let's talk about what the package is. He's, he's six, eh, 10-ish, 11, right? No, no, nine. no, no. Six, I'd go nine. I'd go nine, six, nine. Long, though. You know, long yes. arms, lean. Uh, great quickness. The, the, the thing that distinguished him to us in his rookie year was going to the basket with a tremendous first step, something he got away from last year to a degree. And, of course, to what degree he was messed up, Physically and mentally, not physically, but in talent-wise and mentally, by by Kyrie is a, always going to be a topic of discussion. Anyway, uh, and now, but when you throw in this that that ability that he has had and 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 the um, uh, three-point capability, uh, plus the other thing is the defense that he's played this year as well, which was a big topic of conversation here prior leading up to the All-Star game. Right. You know, and that hasn't diminished any. So now you're getting a whole package, and he's an okay passer. You know, he's not. He's not Doncic. He's not going to be ever that. He's never going to be that. He's kind not. Of- but but he's better than what he's shown, Bob. And and I think you know part of the thing is um, they've needed him to score. Yeah. You know that's kind of what they've needed him to do most, and that's what he's going to be. But I think as as he gets a little bit older, I mean he's twenty one years old. <laughs> that's that's the incredible thing of all this is you know again Anthony Davis is twenty six. Yeah, um, twenty years old. You know Luca and and Tatum to me. And Zion are going to be the future of the NBA because you've got KD and Steph, um, LeBron, all in the 30s. So yeah. in four or five years, and, and Giannis, will, Giannis will certainly be there too. And throw in Durant in that when he comes back. He's 30. And and so, yeah, no, that, that's the next wave, the new wave, the next wave of, of, of great yes, greatness. Here's yes. what I think it was with Tatum. I think he had confidence, but I don't think he, he had that next level confidence that he was – you know, again, when he got in the All-Star game, it was like, does he really deserve it? Remember, people were having the conversation, should it be him or Jalen Brown? Right. And now it's kind of a joke. And I always said, people would ask me that question all the time. Well, do you pay the money to Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? And I was like, it ain't even close. Jason Tatum's got the capability to be a, a top five, top ten player in the NBA for a long time. And uh, I think he's that versatile forward uh, that everybody loves right now in the NBA. Danny Ainge loves uh, even more than most. And again, I think his confidence now, that's the biggest difference. I remember talking to him after he had that game earlier in the season when he went like one for 18 from the field. Stare that day. Yeah. Uh, was that you that- could just see it, Bob. You could see he he didn't go to the basket with the same level of embracing contact. He almost avoided contact. And he was worried he was missing shots all around the basket. And then it kind of changed. And once you get that confidence, it's a different ballgame. And I think now he goes out in the court 
thinking he's the best player on the court every time he takes it. Where back even as recently as you know two three months ago, he was thinking, well, am I even the best player on this team? This is Kemba's team, um, you know. And he wasn't, frankly, he wasn't doing near what he's doing now in terms of just letting the ball loose, you know, uh, shooting the ball, not worried. Yeah. And I think again, part of it is uh, the confidence not only from from doing this, but also the confidence he's getting from other guys on the team, mm-hmm. mainly Kemba Walker. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing with Kemba, who has not who's missed the last couple of games. They just they just concluded a very successful road trip, which three wins and and very easily could have had a fourth in L.A. You know, whether we want to, you know, hoot down the zebras and, you know, but they had a chance. They They didn't get an offensive rebound off a free throw. I mean, a defensive rebound off a three throw that would have maybe helped them win the game. You know, little things like that. But they came so good. An excellent road trip. I know when they left, any reasonable fan would have said, oh, my God, three out of four. We'll take that. And, and uh, so, um, but Kemba not, has not been there. But when he comes back, he's not going to mess things up. Yeah. The other guy would have, yep. you know. No, because it's just not the way he that's the nature and the difference, difference in the nature of their games as, as well as their personalities. So it's only good stuff. That's all. now the, the worry. There is a worrisome little. Yeah. But with the Celtics right now, which is bench production and, and they imagine a little out of Watermaker last night. But, uh, you know, they, I wish my brother for them at the all star break. Uh, you know, you always worry about the big man in the middle, kind of, you know, with the, but, you know, they're going to make do with what they got. And I'm, but I would love to have picked up a, a shooter, you know, some instant offense kind of guy somewhere. I don't care whether he was, you know, five feet 11 or six feet 11 or doesn't matter what he was, as long as he could shoot, they still, that, that's a, that's a, they had a couple of games, as you know, this week where the bench production was, I think, 11, horrifying. It was yeah. one, I mean, maybe maybe an NBA season low. Some for people that bad, and, you know. It had a game, but they also had a game where they had four guys scored twenty five points or more for only the second time in a franchise history. Because that could, that was concurrent with this bench. Thing. Yeah, exactly. No, they need. You're right. Carson Edwards is not the answer. You know, people did you you did remember in the preseason how how excited you got about Carson? Makes eight threes and not only makes. <laughs> It's eight threes in five minutes of play in an exhibition game in Charlotte. You got to get a little excited. I'm sorry, it w- but if there's ever was a definition of basketball fool's gold, that was it, huh? <laughs> you've been hey, you've been watching exhibition games for how long, Robert? Come eight on, threes, come on, in five minutes. You know, I thought maybe he's going to be at this part. I really thought he was going to be a part of the mix. Okay, well, they need, to, they need to go get maybe somebody who's bought out or, or, or yeah. waived. Oh, Need to get a veteran, you know, like even I'm not saying this guy necessarily. I saw him actually in Seattle a couple months ago and he's semi-retired, but working out like a, you know, like a a Jamal Crawford type. Crawford, 40 years old or not. I'd like to take a look at him. You know, I mean, I would like to know, wonder what he's got. Because I'm thinking back to 08 when they picked up. Uh, well, they had Eddie House on that team. That I need an Eddie House kind of guy. That's all. Yes, if you're yes. an Eddie House kind of guy, you know, that's the level of player you need. Somebody who understands who he is. He's not going to agitate to start. He's going to know what his job is, and and he can make shots. I got. Is he out there somewhere still? Is, is it Jamal Crawford? I don't know. Maybe. It well, is. The, you know, you got to find a team that, frankly, is is playing to lose down the stretch. Doesn't want a veteran. Doesn't want to take a look at a veteran. Uh, and, and they wave him, and the veteran wants to play for a team that has a chance to to go deep in the playoffs. Here's my one my one gripe with Jason Tatum, and you know I don't have many. No, I'm going to give you my one gripe with with Tatum and my worry. 
and I've actually talked to him a little bit about it, is the whining and complaining after every single call that he does not get. Okay. And it does worry me because it's funny. It's not him off the court at all, Bob. I mean, he is the quietest, the most even keel individual you will ever find. But, man, when he does not get a call that he thinks he should get, uh, he waves the arms in the air, and the refs at 21 years old, again, he's not a superstar yet, and you don't want to be that guy that the refs are saying, no. you know what, we're not giving you this call. You're too much of a pain in the ass. And, and I think he's got to mature that way, and I'm not the only one who's talked to him about it. From what I've been told, several within the Celtics organization have talked to him about it, um, and, and he's got to mature in that way if he wants to start to get – more calls. You just got to play the game with the refs. That's all. Oh, yeah, you do. There's no question. And 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 uh, he's reaching the talent level point where he's getting his calls. But that's right. Got to throw in one of the things for people don't, just for people who don't know about. Uh, he has an unusual life circumstance that that is part of who he, you know who he is, which is that uh, he is the primary uh, custodian. I don't know if he has official custody, but he is the, he is raising a two year old son, yeah. and with the with the great help from his mother. Uh, and but uh, he, the young lad Deuce, who is like so off the charts cute, you know, a Gerber baby in making the making there, you know. And uh, but the, you know, he is so proud of, of being a father, and is and is so so invested and so involved in it, you know. At a little, there's a level of maturity at 21 that you know that you 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 don't see as often as, as he's showing it. Yeah, and listen, I, I had him on the podcast this past offseason, um, and he talked about that. And he talked about the fact that he didn't tell the Celtics uh, until the very end. He was almost embarrassed, um, didn't know what to do, how to handle it. Mm -hmm. um, but he, he's been great, and um, his mother helps a lot. His mother, Brandy, I mean, she's got him deuce at every single game, oh. went to the All-Star break with him. They travel together. And, uh, yeah, listen, he's 21 years old. I, I get it. Uh, you know, you at 21, me at 21. I, I don't know if we could have handled that and uh, everything that comes with can't. it. But, but he's just got to get a little bit smarter in uh, playing the game uh, and controlling his emotions as well as he does off the court on it when he doesn't get that call. And instead of throwing the arms up, just going over and talking to the official without the demonstrative behavior. Yeah. Well, you're that that they could get that somebody could get to him, that Brad could get to him. Hopefully, well, as you said, it's it, it's important because you don't want to, you know. You who don't was the worst? Hey, who was the worst? The two that come to mind for me are Demarcus Cousins and Kendrick Perkins that were absolutely atrocious at controlling their behavior and would throw up their arms. And Perk had the scowl, oh, right? right. That, that he'd never get a call. Who else? Who else comes to right. mind that that just you know just hurt, hurt themselves by not playing the game with the refs? Oh, I'm trying to think because we, we, I mean, I just going way back. We used to kid about Oscar Robertson. It, it, it didn't, it, he, uh, you know, didn't like a call and any one call in 14 years, you know. But did he like people, Bob? I, I, I had a lunch with him years ago. Him and and, and a few other people, the Big O. And uh, was he as media unfriendly as he seems, or no? He was not a media charmer, uh, you know, at all. I mean, I uh, he was. I don't think he waged war against the media, but I, you know, or anything like that. But he wasn't the best source for anybody, you know. That that's to be polite, that's for sure, you know. So no, but uh, you know, as the other guy, I'm, I'm, I was really happy. I'm doing backtracking here, but when all the triple double stuff 
um, Westbrook was so hot for the last yeah. couple of years that it would remind people that there was a guy named Oscar Robertson uh, who uh, did some, who had a rather, as uh, uh, a very significant part in the history of, of both college and NBA basketball. And it, it was good to, it's always good to let people know that some of these, there were some things before, you know, ESPN came in, on the air. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm trying to think of some. Uh, oh, oh, oh! It, well, no, it, when you look at, at his resume and yeah. what he did, uh, it's going to say, "Well, how much better could he have been?" And yet, you know who comes to mind? Rick Barry. Oh, but people he, couldn't he, stand Rick Barry, he, right? Incessant whiner and yeah. and and one of the most the, the most really the most polarizing player of his time, without any question. You know, and I. And, and right down to, oh, yeah, there, there's the answer. Hold all calls, we have a winner. As good as he was, and he's one of the all-time great forwards in the history of basketball, uh, you wonder if he could have suppressed, you know, channeled his energies better at times, you know, to so help I, his team. Did, did everybody dislike him, Bob? Like every <laughs> opponent hated him? Yeah, and and, uh, and not just opponents. But, uh, you know, but he was yeah. tough, and yet I – Why? Why? I what, was, what was so unlikable about Rick Barry? He was always right yeah. in his mind. He was. I think he viewed himself as the smartest guy in the room, which maybe he was a lot. But people don't want. You know how it goes. You can't. You can't go around acting that way. Whatever. It was right about everything. Well, that's Kyrie's problem. Kyrie's problem is he thinks he's the smartest guy, and he's not. And yet there was a charm. Believe me, I knew him a little bit, Rick. And you know, yeah. he was smart. The way he does have insights. You know, but there was this personality thing. You know, and uh, yeah, and he, he look. Uh, I can tell you there was some nice act of personal kindness he showed me one day, you know, that, that I'm sure would, have, sure would have surprised a lot of people in the, in the league at the time, you know. Sure. Uh, well, anyway, that, the answer, and, and those, there's no doubt in the 20th century, it was Rick Barry. <laughs> Rick Barry. All right, good. Good, we got you. That was a good one. I like that one. All right, let's move on to another Eastern Conference team that we really haven't talked enough about. We've been trying to over the last few weeks, but we haven't gotten to them. Uh, but I think now is the ideal time. Uh, is the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, and they're 36 and 23. They are in fifth place in the East when a lot of people thought they would be clearly number one. I don't know if you did, but I, it, I thought they'd be right in the equation. And on paper, they were the best team uh, on paper going into the year and the team that a lot of people thought could challenge, whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers. They bring in Al Hortford. They get rid of Jimmy Butler, so the locker room's a lot better now. But I remember having an argument. You might have been there that game to an early season game, uh, Celtics game. I, I think it was maybe that, that Dallas game um, uh-huh. about the fact that I just didn't think the pieces fit together. They're really good defensively, individually, uh, but I didn't even think the pieces fit that way. And on the offensive end, who, who's shooting the basketball? Um, you know, Josh Richardson's not a shooter. Ben Simmons isn't a shooter. You, you've got like, Harris. Three, four, five men. Really, on the offense, you know, Embiid, Tobias, and Hortford, how are they going to play together? Well, uh, it, it hasn't worked out well. And now you've got Ben Simmons, who's hurt. Embiid with a, a shoulder sprain. We don't know how bad it is last night, but he's always hurt one thing or another. Um, is this the beginning of the end for Brett Brown and maybe Elton Brand? I don't know if it was a bottoming out, but when you get beat wire to wire by Cleveland, that's not a good thing. I know it was in Cleveland, but but that that's not a good thing. Um, the Simmons thing is worrisome because he's not even going to be evaluated for another two weeks, let alone when whenever he would come back. There was all this issue about the compatibility on the court with it, you know, with he and Embiid to start with. Embiid seems to have his big games. He had a forty nine point game the other night, you know, without without Simmons, and and uh, uh, the, with, with that you. 
I think people wanted to read a lot into that. You know, the idea that he had that game on that particular night without Simmons. Um, Al Horford has turned out to be a, I won't say, do I use this, the D word disaster? A, an unproductive free agent signing. And it's going to be a four a, years, a hundred and nine million. No wonder why Danny didn't want to right? Danny didn't want to fork over for the fourth year. I don't blame know, him. We all loved Al. And I said, I would never say a bad word about Al. And I'm not going to say a bad word because he's a wonderful guy, but boy, Danny, the, the, the Danny look the better day by day by, by this, particularly with the, with, with <laughs> what Tatum's doing and what Brown is doing, you know? And so, uh, okay. Um, that you're right, Brett. Brown, I think, who I, I was happy that he had survived all the the, the turmoil of the of the the uh, uh, progress with what you call it, the uh, the tradition. No, you know, Thank uh, yeah, the, yeah, and to have a good year like last year, and he's a good guy. We know that. We know he's a good local main guy and coach at BU. Oh. We all root for him, and fine. But yeah, it's going. He'll have to. Somebody's going to have to pay a price uh, for for this. Uh, if they finish fifth, Jeff. And don't have the home court in the first round when they are. What should, do you have a theory on this home road thing? I mean, I, I've, I've called it collective immaturity, but I guess that could be just an easy out. But they, they've won nine road games, period. Really? Which, Is that right? They're, they're, they're a terrific team at home. Wow. They, they're, 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 they, they take that act on the road, and, and, and it's, it's, it's the worst split in the league by far of, of that nature. It's amazing. I didn't realize it was that bad, but. You know, here's the thing I think with the Sixers, ultimately, I think it's it's chemistry both on and off the court. And I think part of the problem is Joel Embiid has always um, been able to operate on his own terms. Mm-hmm. It's been all about Joel since he came back from the injury, missed his first year, and it, it's he can practice whenever he wants. From what I've been told by my sources, mm-hmm. he he runs what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, when he wants to do it. And, and Ben Simmons and the other players don't love that. And mm-hmm. why would they? I understand it. I understand Joel Embiid. you got to protect the franchise, so to speak. But is Joel Embiid the franchise or is Ben Simmons the franchise? What do you do if you are Elton Brand, the general manager, or whoever takes over for Elton Brand next year, and you've got these contracts, right? You've got Horford, again, four years, $109 million. Embiid signed a five-year, $147 million deal. Simmons signed a five-year, $170 million deal. And, oh, by the way, Tobias Harris was maxed out at five one eighty. So you can get rid of – if you want to get rid of one of those, I'm sure you can get rid – somebody will take Joel or Ben or any of them other than probably Horford you're stuck with for oh, the most part. You're definitely stuck with Horford. What do you do, Bob, if these two guys cannot coexist well – I'm not saying they dislike each other. Yeah. They're very different in their personalities, too. Ben Simmons is kind of a too-cool-for-school too type guy. He's actually kind of nerdy uh, off the court, just plays video games, uh, hangs with his boys. Where Joel's, you know, this big personality, loves the attention, uh, all of that. Who do you, who do you build your, your, your franchise around? Well, it's complicated by the, by the bizarre nature of Simmons' game. And you keep asking yourself... Is this a, ga- a, a game that in the night 2020 NBA that, you know, can take us as far as we want to go? You know, this, this whole shooting thing is, is in, in, in an era of shooting is just amazing uh, that such a player would be developed and how he is, how he's ever allowed. I blame Brett Brown for that, Bob. I blame Brett Brown for that, period. And, and again, I'll say I love him as a guy, but he's at fault for the fact that Ben Simmons will not, has not, 
uh, shot uh, shots behind the three point line. That that's that's on Brett Brown. Well, I mean, I, I've been kidding for two summers now that they should lock him in a gym four hours a day, take a thousand, and don't let him out. You know, uh, for except for a five minute break. To, to you got to you can't continue this way. It's 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 laughable. You cannot continue. Not today's NBA. And so, I mean, that's that complicates things. All right, uh, uh, it is. I don't know. It's a tough thing. When you see Embiid's talent, we, we, I mentioned a 49-point game. I'm going to say it again. He had a 49-point game. He can, he can do some stuff. He can sure score inside. He can score outside. Uh, he, he's he's a, a, a dream modern NBA player uh, uh, on talent if you're just going to you know, give the scouting report, uh, not the personality report. You know, not the, you know, I, I, the problem, if social media didn't exist, I think they'd have a, he'd be a much better player. I, I really think he's too obsessed with being a, 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 a some, somebody outside of basketball. He's too impressed with too impressed, uh, 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 interested in impressing his audience, his Instagram yeah. audience or his Twitter audience, whatever. Right? That that's getting he's not alone. alone. He's not no. alone these days. But you're right. He may be, but he's Exhibit A right now. Yeah. In the league. Yeah, he's up there. All right. Now, what he did the other day, I'm not going to lump that in. You know, the stupid thing he got himself fined for giving the finger. You know, that, no, he's immature. He's immature. There's no doubt about that. And, and again, a different personality. All right, Robert, you're, you're avoiding my question. I'm, I'm going to circle oh, back oh, to yeah, my I, question. I, who are you I'd keeping? Keep, if you I, have to pick one or the other, who is it? I'd keep him. And, and keep him be. And hope that I could, you know, get to him better. If, if, if Simmons is not going to alter his game, then I'm sorry. I know I can put up these triple doubles, and I, but I'm, I just – no, I, I don't know. And tell me, it tells me something about him too. I don't know what that. What, he's, what does that tell us? I don't know what it is, but it's telling us something that I'm not sure I like. That he's just he's so stubborn that he's gonna he's gonna show the world I can succeed. You know, I can't figure that part out, Bob. I, I've known him since I actually broke his commitment when he committed to LSU. I actually <laughs> broke that story. So I've known Ben a long, long time uh, in that regard, and I can't figure it out either. Whether it's hey. I'm going to show you I can do it without shooting the threes. You could tell, you could say it all you want, or he just says, "Listen, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, and 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 this is what I'm going to do. This is the best chance I think our team has to win today." But you got to look for the future, and the future is the Philadelphia 76ers can't win in the playoffs, in my opinion, at the highest level without Ben Simmons being able to make threes to be able to space the court for his teammates. That's the bigger yeah. problem that I have. Yeah, that's just the way the game is now. It would have been of no consequence ten, even ten years ago. Right, but, but it sure is now. And, and you know, so and I, I just wonder. I'm, I'm torn on that question. The question you answered, I'm torn, and here's why. Uh, Embiid is very injury prone, very very injury prone, and like you said, uh, immature, um, enigmatic. You don't know what you're going to get from him on any given day. I think you have to bring in a coach that is going to understand and, and, and hold Ben Simmons to the fire with shooting the ball. And like you said, he's still young, but there's nobody his size that is as quick with the basketball in the NBA than Ben Simmons. There's very few who can pass it and see the floor like Ben Simmons. Those are elite-level talents. So if he can become an average three-point shooter, and we've seen Lonzo Ball do that, yeah. why can't he do that? If he can, I think he's one of the top ten players in the NBA – and I think now, again, we'll see with his back injury. I've been told by my sources that 
Um, it flared up on the flight back. I guess they practiced fairly hard at the All-Star game, which shocked the hell out of me. Um, but it, it flared back on the flight back from Milwaukee. And now they're going to reevaluate him in a couple of weeks. But they don't know how long it's going to be because they want to make sure. he And he wants to make sure he's 100% before he gets out there. So it could be two weeks. It could be a month. Who knows? But I'm told that right now they don't think uh, surgery uh, is even in, in consideration. They're hoping it gets better. And he's out there in a couple of weeks, but it's a tough one for me. I, I, yes, yeah, I don't know. If I, I, I might lean towards Simmons. Well, okay, and I mean, I'm, I'm a, I would hate to have to be in a position to make that decision. I was just thinking as you're talking, and, and uh, going back to when we first, uh, when Magic burst on the NBA scene, forty, which is forty-one uh, years ago, that uh, uh, we've been the, inevitably met. With, uh, people are looking for the next one, the next big guard that could. Guess what? Look at the range of skill. Look at what we're talking about with him. He's just, he's every bit as big. He's six nine. He 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 will get in there and rebound, right? Yep. He'll get his obviously because he can get triple doubles. Uh, uh, he, he's he's the answer. He's the closest he's thing. Similar. That, that talent yep. package, you know. Yep. And and Magic came in. He wasn't a great shooter. He worked on it. He got to be where he was a a threat. He could, you know, he he could make. In the end, he was making some threes. And he was, but he was a he was not a great shooter, but. Um, he he did address the issue. He addressed it, and and that's became, the difference. And and, and by but, you know, but, but again, is, is it Simmons's fault? Is it Brett Brown's fault? It's probably a combination of the two. Oh, you know, I'm, I don't even know if you have to go to the ownership level. And say, hey, wait a minute, why am I? What am I paying for here? I I obviously I don't understand uh, how it, it 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 doesn't move him to want to do this. I, I, I There's got to be an element of stubbornness there of some kind of, that, that would bother me. But but you're right, the talent package is, is tremendous. Uh, uh, but but all we know is how we get started in this discussion, it ain't working the way it should for them. There's no, and, and now, of course, the issue is uh, that they're going to have to find some way. To, this is where Brett Brown's going to have to do some real serious coaching up because they're going to have to find some way to stay afloat while Ben is out, which could be who, a minimum of two weeks, and who knows? God knows why. There's 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 no uh, expiration date on it, and uh, and we'll see how hurt Simmons is. I mean, as Embiid is, and if, if he is, then yeah, there's nothing to discuss with them. You know, forget it. Then so, yeah. But uh, all right, let's finish, see, better hope. Let's hit one more topic. They better plan on finishing fourth. That's all I'm telling you because That's they need a point. home. Good point. <laughs> Uh, Miami right now in that fourth spot. All right, let's move over to one college uh, topic that I yes. want to hit on, and that is uh, Mike Shishovsky. And let's talk a little bit about the Duke Blue Devils, who right now are a game behind Florida State uh, for the ACC regular season title. There's three teams at the top of the ACC all year, and then it's everybody else. And those three teams are Duke, Florida State, and Louisville. And they're all pretty tight together right now, but uh, Duke loses in a double overtime setback to Wake Forest the other night, who is absolutely terrible. They don't have Chris Paul. They don't have Tim Duncan. They don't even have El Farouk Aminu or James Johnson or Jeff T. They're not good. Leave Brown leader Dickie Hemrick either. They don't have any. They got nobody. They're bad. Danny Manning's probably going to be fired at the end of the season. So believe it or not, I'm going to give you a stat that I tweeted uh, the other night uh, that is absolutely mind-boggling to me. The last regular season ACC title for one Coach K was in 2006. 2006, Bob. 2010. 2006. 2010, they tied Maryland for the for the regular season title. Outright. Last outright, 2006. Uh, that blows me away. I would say you. Wow. 
but they've won. They sneaked into the national championship though in there along the way though. <laughs> With that, they've won two in the last ten years. They yeah. won in 2010, 2015. Uh, but has Coach K? underachieved to some degree with all the talent that he's had over the last 15, 20 years. Again, not winning an ACC regular season title. Tony Bennett's record is I don't know, more than 10 games better over the last six and a half, almost seven years than Coach K and like 20, 20 games better than Roy Williams's. It's, it's like heretical to even think of that. That you know, so somebody's going to strike me down if I say uh, answer in the affirmative. I I, I don't. I, it's hard for me to formulate the thought. Maybe I can say maybe he's been too distracted coaching Team USA. Maybe that's oh, it. <laughs> oh, here we go. Don't 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 be apologetic, <laughs> like Coach K. Now don't go there for me. See, he's got double duty. You know, it's just uh, it's just been too much. Uh, wow, I uh, it, it's very interesting. He certainly you know he's managed to import. Lots of talent, uh, you know, over the years of individual talent, you know. Uh, I don't know. That's very, very interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm, I need time to digest this. I, I, I really do. Uh, but what about this year's team, though? That, uh, what? Are, how do we read them? Do we? Is there a read? <laughs> you know, well, they got two terrific. I mean, listen, we know this. You've got a great point guard in Trey Jones who does everything but shoot it. So, so that's certainly an issue. Uh, you've got a really good big guy in Vernon Carey, but he, he would have been a great big man 10 years ago. More of a below-the-rim guy who can't stay out of foul trouble, too. The problem is their wings. They don't have wings that they can count on. Wendell Moore's been good le- lately. Matthew Hurt was supposed to be the guy that could come in and really light it up, and he's been in and out of Kay's doghouse. The veterans, Jack White and Alex O'Connell, are are pieces. They're They're really rotation guys more than anything else, so... Uh, this Duke team looks very ordinary by Duke standards. They don't have uh, that lottery pick on the team. Maybe somebody will sneak in there. Maybe Vernon Carey, you know, because the the, well, the draft is so. He's thirteen. I could see him being, you know, it's uh, depending. Yeah, on he, he might be able to sneak in. I'm not. I know. Whatever. I don't know what his attention is. He's going to come out. I mean, you know, this yeah. year it's such a weak year. You know, the right. you know, it's, uh, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? But. Uh, well, that's it's it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, no, um, I I just don't don't know what to say. I uh, you're right. Lo- losing the wake was stunning. I mean, absolutely, and then giving up 113 points to do so too. But I know it's double. In, in the same season, they lose at home to Stephen F. Austin, Bob. Yeah, right, right, right. I know, I know absolutely. It started, the season began. It's just take the the season began crazily. And and we wondered how it would transpire, and right down to this week, it it it's still crazy, right? It's been still, awesome. It's still, actually, since we lost, I really enjoy it. I've embraced it. Early on, I thought it was tough for me. You know, mm-hmm. okay, who am I? Who do I have to see tonight? What team? What player? And there's nobody, right? I mean, there's just nobody that you circle and you say, I have to see that game. But everywhere you flip, you you just flip on the you know Big Ten Network. You flip on to Fox for Big East. You flip on to ESPN for whatever, Pac-12. There's just good games, meaningful games, especially down the stretch. Even, you know, tonight, Arizona State plays UCLA. Bob Hurley, Mick and Well, UCLA's come from – risen from the dead. Started and they're in the mix play. now for the NCAA tournament. I got to throw this one out there just as a best one. I spent – literally spent 12 hours last Saturday. 12 to 12. All right. Yep. But That's my in life. the middle of it all, you know, starting with Kansas Baylor, which is great, ending up with Gonzaga getting beat by – and the, by the way, the BYU team I saw that night is a team capable of going to the 16. That team 
could this year, right? We were, there's so many teams. That's good. If they play like that, they could make a little run. Okay, so if we, you know, all right. Are you are you just a BYU fan now because of of Jake Toulson? No, I'm just I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm just saying I'm I'm an admirer to a degree. I Hawks played a terrific game. Too. You know who Jake Toulson is, right? Uh, oh yeah, oh, Danny's nephew. Nep- or, yes, nephew. Danny's nephew. No, the answer is no. I, I I but in the middle of it all, this is I'm just speaking as a behalf of you and I are uh, at core. We are basketball fans, you know, and all right, that starts with that. We're fans, and, and we if you find a good game, no matter who's playing, what it is, what sex, seriously, it doesn't matter. High school, college. Uh, I tuned in. I bumped into the Army-Navy game. And do you know how that game ended? Probably. No, go ahead. Well, America, don't. I'm going to tell you how it ended. Army's up by three, 10 seconds. after it was, uh, And it's a back and forth, good comeback. You know, it's a good. Army's up by three. And, and uh, the endless debate in the broadcast booth is, do they foul? Right? Are they going to foul? Is Jimmy Allen going to foul? And they come across the midcourt and they don't foul. The Navy kid goes up. And is then fouled shooting a three by not one, but two Army players. <laughs> one on the way up and one on the way down and giving them no landing room. So the young man goes to the line down three with like 2.9, something like that, right? Makes the first two, misses the third one. They battle for the rebound. It's tipped back, tipped back to him. He puts it up and he gets fouled again. No way. He gets fouled again. <laughs> now it's like one you know, tenth, uh, nine, nine tenths, whatever. And he's got to make two to win. Okay. One to tie, two to win. He's down one. He makes the first, misses the second. They go into <laughs> overtime, and Army wins anyway. <laughs> now, I mean, just from Phenomenal. a right. intimate spectacle with no emotional attachment yeah. to either the cadets or the midshipmen. Right. It, it was, but, and, but, you know, it was just. Then, meanwhile, the subflight is the Army, uh, their, their best player, whose name would come to me, left hand kid, I forget. Um, the kid cutting to his parents who are in the, in the stands. And yeah. it's not the father so much. The mother is going out of her mind. It was just <laughs> the mother is just dying, whatever. Not to mention, I'll let you go with this. Jimmy Allen had the most mournful. What is that? There were like six with a minute to go, I should mention. six, And they, they don't yeah. hold on to the lead. I, I, the, the most amazingly, what is, God, what is happening at, to face. us, there's what face that you could possibly have. If somebody should go, it, it, it was hilarious. I mean, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. So, in the middle of all these, you know, significant games, if you will, you know, there's yep. a game we know every flipping Army, around, right? right. So the Army, Navy, everything is yep. Yep. very important to those two schools. But it was, it was fun, and it was right. It was fun. anyway. All right. so, I, I got a great, good weekend this weekend. I'm going to fly out. I got my daughter's show. She's in. Uh, a uh, sh- uh, school show uh, play called Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream yeah, Ghost. Sure. So she's in that. So I'm going to see that Friday night. And then I'm going to take an early flight out after her and her friends are sleeping over the house. So I'm, I'm a little worried I'm not going to get much sleep with like five teenage girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get up nice and early to fly to Chicago to drive to Marquette mm-hmm. for Marcus Howard Senior Night. Oh, good. In which he will play Miles Powell. Seton Hall. Are you kidding? Oh You're wow! Better than that, the two best scorers in the country, oh, in my opinion, playing on Marcus Howard Senior Day. That is uh, that's early in the afternoon, so you're going to want to watch that one for sure. Uh, I'm going to go. I'll tell you. Uh, go ahead. What's the rest of your day? Tell me. Then I'm going to then I'm going to drive to uh, to Champaign in Indiana, um, and, and and Archie Miller's got Indiana back on the right side of the bubble right now. Oh, so the oh. fans don't they don't hate him today, <laughs> but they got to win. 
if they can, they they got to win that one. Uh, and they play at, at Illinois, and Illinois has got some real talent. They really do. They got they got a I team that it. is capable well, of getting the second. Really game the Illinois Iowa game was a terrific game. I remember. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to go make an appearance at Boston University Bucknell on Saturday. Oh, good. Bucknell's and, down this year. Yeah, I know, but I'm I, I want to see BU with the last time, uh, and I've been there. Twelve noon start. God, I, nothing, just nothing better than the twelve noon start. And I'm going to Celtics and Rockets Sunday on Saturday night. At, oh, uh, nice, nice. At, so you got a double yeah, header. Yeah, Celtics Rockets. And what are you uh, going to do in between, Bob? What what what's the in between the two games? I know, I, I know, I don't know. That's just that's a lot of time to kill because uh, the the Celtics don't play the eight thirty thing. It's that damn Saturday night game. Are so, you flying solo? Are you? Yeah, are you, yeah. My you wife's solo for this. The theater with my daughter-in-law and grandson. They're going to go see Frozen in New York. Oh, nice. Oh, so, yeah. So I am. I'm. I'm. A, I'm solo. I'm a solo man. Well, maybe, maybe you know, somebody will buy you lunch after what? Yeah, I'll, I'll find something to do. But it was a big gap though between figuring the BU games over at two and the Celtics don't play to eight thirty. So I have to amuse myself somewhere. Get in. I think you got to get in early and do what you used to do. Hit the locker rooms pregame <laughs> and see what you could see what you could scrap up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know these people, you know, so that's true. Yeah. Go up to Tatum, introduce yourself. Have you not really talked to Jason Tatum? No. No. All right, go no. go up pregame and tell him, hey, uh, Jeff Goodman tells you tells me that, that you played zero defense when he first saw you. Zero. <laughs> and see what he says. Okay. All right. All right. We'll see if we do that. All right. All right. Have a good weekend, Bob. And uh, we'll uh we'll be back next week on the Ryan and Goodman podcast.